It's time for the Mean Streets Podcast, presented by Full Moon Barbecue. For the only podcast with an inside look at Crimson Tide basketball all season long, turn to the Mean Streets. Britton Johnson and William Galloway take you from tip to buzzer with complete coverage of the Alabama Crimson Tide men's basketball team. Here's your host, William Galloway. Week eight of the Mean Streets Podcast, presented by Full Moon Barbecue. I'm William Galloway, joined by number 21, Britton Johnson. BJ, we're in that weird stage right now between Christmas and New Year's and, you know, you're full of food and, I mean, I am, but you have obviously been in practice. How's it going? How are you? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy New New Year. I, uh, I'm doing well. Um, like you said, we're, we're a couple of minutes in now and, and any any bad weight I'd put on from the uh, week of being home, or it's it's all gone now. So uh, we're all back in uh, in game mode. So it's it's been good to be back. Well, Britton, go ahead and jumping right into things here. We don't have to talk too long about the Davidson loss, but a seventy-eight to seventy-nine loss in Birmingham versus Davidson, Alabama historically has not played particularly well in Birmingham, and this was the new Legacy Arena uh, renovated. Regardless, you come out with a loss and you go into the break. What was the biggest thing about that Davidson game, and how do you kind of turn that loss into more motivation going into conference play this week versus Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, certainly not the way we wanted to head into the Christmas break. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, and I, we didn't play our best game. And, and again, before I kind of get into what we didn't do well, uh, Davidson played a tremendous game. Hats off to them, and hats off to them for even taking the game because they played a game like 16 hours later. Uh, so it, it says a lot about their program that they would even come down and play this game. Um, but yeah, I mean, a very, very frustrating loss. They shot the absolute lights out of it. Um, and you know, while there were certainly things that we could have done to, uh, maybe make it more difficult for them to do so, uh, a lot of credit goes to them on, and on, you know, putting the ball in the hoop and, and making tough shots. And, and they have some really great players. They play really well together. Uh, that was a very fun scout to run because it was a motion offense and you got to cut and just kind of, uh, play real team-oriented basketball, not that we don't play that, but it's just the way that they kind of run their screens. It's just constantly moving. I mean, I was so tired running through all those screens, but uh, it's a lot of fun nonetheless. Uh, but yeah, kind of going back to the game, the main thing that we kind of look back on it, and then again, we're five days, six days separated from that game, six days. So um, I don't have just the perfect recollection of everything that happened, but kind of the thing we've been going over the most the last couple of days is, man, we got to improve defensively. And some of it's effort stuff, some of it's attitude stuff, and then some of it's just attention to detail. And um, so that's really the biggest area of focus for us as a team right now. Um, you know, the first practice back was almost entirely defensive oriented uh, or defense oriented. I mean, it was just basic stuff. We were doing some slide drills, like just getting back to the basics of uh, really trying to build our identity on being a defensive team. Last year, we were top five in the country defensively. And uh, this year, we are sitting at 53rd, I think, on Kimpom defensively. So that's really our biggest area that we need to improve. Offensively, we are not close to having arrived yet. Um, but I think we're top 10 right now. We're number nine, uh, according to Kimpom offensively. So uh, if we could match that with our defense, then – we'd have a really special thing brewing. I think we have the potential to do it. So 
And and the good news is the SEC is about as loaded as it has been in my lifetime or, you know, in the last decade at least. So uh, plenty of opportunity for us to correct uh, maybe, you know, imperfect play. The important thing to remember is, um, you know, last year about this time we were four and three coming off a Western Kentucky loss. Everyone saying, is this NATO guy ever going to put it together? Can, can this team be a winning team? And that's right when we turn the corner. So I think the break was much needed. I think we've come back and had a great attitude so far. And I think we've attacked adversity really, really well since we've come back. And I want to add to that point that at that point in the season, um, two or less than two months later, Nate Oates was signed to a contract extension because of that 11, 12, 13 game win streak, whatever it was going into SEC play. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure and I'm going to ask you about this and we'll talk about Tennessee. So I appreciate you addressing Davidson. Um, The SEC is Alabama's like right now you're entering this game on Wednesday versus Tennessee, trying to defend your SEC title, not only your SEC championship title in the tournament, but your regular season title as well. So, what is the attitude in that locker room? Has there been any point of, hey, this is our league, this is our championship we're trying to defend, or is it just kind of day-by-day, piece-by-piece, shot-by-shot type situation? Um, I'd say that's not really the attitude of the team, nor should it be necessarily. There's a recognition that uh, with the success of last year, with winning the SEC championship last year, there is a bit of a, a, a target on your back and that other teams view – I mean, think about how teams outside of Alabama have viewed Alabama over the last decade plus. And then think about how they maybe will view them now that we've won and succeeded and, and really shaped the identity of this program. Uh, it's an entirely different look, right? So um, there's certainly a recognition of that. Now, in terms of the attitude of our team, if anything, maybe we have a little bit more confidence in, our, in ourselves and our team and what we can accomplish. Uh, you know, I remember last year at the beginning of the year, before the year started, uh, we were kind of going around and talking about goals for our team. And uh, I know I'm kind of taking it off track a little bit, but uh, Jordan Bruner stepped up and said, hey, I think we can win a national championship. And look, I'm not going to sit here and say that I doubted my teammates. I thought we had a, a really potential to have a really special year, but I mean, we hadn't even scratched the surface of, yeah, I hadn't made the tournament in my two years prior to that, you know? So for us to say, hey, I want to win a national championship, that seemed almost outlandish in a way. I mean, Alabama had never come close to accomplishing that. And while we maybe fell short of that, with the success that we did have, making a Sweet 16, winning the SEC regular season, winning the SEC tournament, that our eyes have kind of been open to the possibility of, man, like I look back at last year, and I'm like, we should have made the Final Four. And this year... I think we have the opportunity to be even better than we were last year. Now, we are certainly not there yet. We are far from it, but the potential is there. So and I think I'm not alone in that. So there's a, a I want to say newfound, but there's a, a belief in the locker room that, man, we can accomplish whatever we want. But in terms of the approach that we have as, you know, being the defending SEC champs, I don't think we really carry that because this is a whole new team. This team is different than last year's team, and its story will be different than last year's team's story. So um, we're just trying to be the best team we can be and constantly trying to improve. And that's kind of our focus right now. I think that's something that Coach Saban embodies is from year to year. And obviously it's great to see that Nate Oates is kind of carrying that into basketball as well. 
but each year is different, right? You might have same the same players. Uh, you might have a lot of players that have the same experience from you know national championship games, college football playoffs, whatever. You guys have played in the Sweet 16. Most of your team has played in the Sweet 16. Nobody on that team last year had put on an Alabama uniform and played in the NCAA tournament. And so, you know, having that experience now and then setting those goals in addition to that experience, I think can can take you a long way. Put some respect on uh, that senior class and uh, their uh, round of 32 run. That's right. Year. That's right. I stand correct. I, I, I stand. had never. But, yeah, that that senior class had. So No, that's um, right. I'm counting out the guys that were in my grade, that great signing class of 2017. So, on my air, we're going to now move forward into talking about SEC play. <laughs> Rolling right into it. Alabama, Tennessee. Tennessee's number 14 slash 15. Uh, they're eight in the net. They're nine in Ken Palm. Uh, a, a very well-coached team in Rick Barnes, a team that you've seen year in and year out at Alabama. What is the scouting like for this team? What have you been going over in practice? And starting off SEC play with a, a very good team um, to Alabama's, I don't want to say necessarily advantage, but to, in Alabama's favor, the game will be played in Coleman Coliseum Wednesday night on ESPN2. Tip time is at 8 p.m. Britain, walk us through the scouting lineup. Um Take us into practice and what's going on to prepare for this very well-coached, very talented Tennessee volunteer team. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee is one of the absolute best teams in this conference, one of the absolute best teams in the country. So uh, we have a big challenge ahead of us. I'm I'm really excited for it. Um, It's a great way to open conference play, and it's going to be a great kind of measuring stick. We've had a couple of – of big time games already where we've kind of gotten to see where we are in the national landscape. Uh, this will be a great opportunity to kind of see where we stack up and, and how we can uh, prove to be the defensive team. We really want to be, that's our biggest focus right now. You know, Tennessee is, I think number one in the country defensively, they are a fantastic defensive team. They play really well together. Uh, they, they cause a lot of deflections and a lot of turnovers. So, um, and they have a, a, a veteran team. I mean, John Fulkerson has been there six years. He is, he is like the Riley Norris of Tennessee. I mean, he is he is a stud. And, um, you know, they have uh, Santiago Vescovi, who is – he came in halfway through Oates' first year, which would have been my sophomore year, but he played that whole SEC slate and started, uh, started for him all last year. He's the guy that a lot of Alabama fans will recognize. Besides Jordan James, much of the same. I mean, they have a lot of returners on this team, and it's mixed really well with some freshman talent. So – uh, they have a really, really talented roster. They play a, a brand of basketball that's honestly fairly similar to Davidson. They get up a lot of threes. Um, now I'd say that they're maybe a little bit less potent from there than, you know, a couple of those guys from Davidson are, but they are very capable from that area. Uh, and they they do a lot of uh, ceiling, uh, ducking in, and they do a lot of screen away action. So uh, that's been a lot of what we've been uh, preparing for scouting-wise. Uh and so I, I'm, I'm excited about this one. I think has, uh, has that really, been fun for you in practice? I mean, you know, another team that's really good at shooting. Has that been fun for you to put get those blue team reps in and get a lot of shots up? Oh, it's a blast. It's a blast. I get to be Vescovi on a scout. He's a left-handed shooter, gets it up eight times a game. So I have the absolute green light to shoot it whenever I touch it. And uh, my blue squad teammates might get frustrated with me sometimes, but uh, – I get a shot up just about every time it hits my hands. Um, so it's a lot of fun. But but really, I mean, our focus right now, it's not to take away from Tennessee at all. They're a tremendous team. It's on us right now. I mean, 
the first practice when we came back was entirely focused on us and, and on improving defensively and really making that our identity again. And, you know, today it was much the same. There was a little bit more scout. Um, there's a little bit more focus on that. But the focus was on us. And I think that's kind of how it should be. That's how any good program should approach these things. Well, there is certainly a respect for the opponent. And, like, I mean, they're number 13 in the country. I think they're better than what their AP poll standing would say. I mean, they came off a huge win against Arizona team that was, you know, previously undefeated uh, coming into this game. They're going to be very confident and they're going to really, they're going to want this game a lot because we did hand them two L's last year. You know, we beat them twice and um, once at their place. So this is going to be a big game for them. Uh, it's going to be a big game for us. I'm really excited for it. And um, I think we'll be ready. One thing I want to ask you about, Britton, that seems to be really frustrating to a lot of people, a lot of Alabama fans, has been the rebounding. And as you said, if, if the defense is the main focus and improving on defense, if you're going to start there, then also you're going to, in turn, you're just going to improve naturally um, in rebounding. That's part of that defense and boxing out. But their leading rebounder, the Vols, uh, John Fulkerson, is averaging 6.6 .6 boards a game. How do you keep him off the glass? And what has been the emphasis in practice, not only defensively, but on the rebounding side, offensive and defensive, to try and win the glass game after game? Um, It's just, I mean, something we've been working on for the last couple of weeks uh, intensely. I mean, obviously, you work on it um, the whole season. Defense, I mean, rebounding is just vital to winning basketball games but you know since the problems really exposed itself and you know again I point back to the fact that we are very fortunate to have played the tough out of conference schedule that we did because that's you have the opportunity to expose some issues that might not expose itself until you know conference play if if you don't play a, a if you play a bunch of quad four games for example um and so obviously we played a really tough schedule and with that we got to see some of these problems and so we've been working really hard on it. Uh, everybody's all in on it. I mean, it's not sure the 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 forwards have kind of gotten the brunt of it, and and they've been working their tails off trying to get better at it. But I mean, the guards, it, it's a whole team issue, and it's something the whole team is going to solve. And uh, if four guys are boxing out and the fifth one doesn't, then it's a complete failure by the team. You know, the whole team gets an F for that possession. So um, it's something that we've been working on a lot, and you know. The key for the Davidson game, we didn't get to see the issue as much, which was good. But on the downside, it's because they were making a lot of shots. So we got to force that first shot miss. Um, we did a great job of that in the Houston game, but obviously Houston's where it kind of exposed itself as an issue. And so um, we're just trying to, like you said, your defense can only be so good if you can't get defense a rebound. So uh, that's been a huge priority for us the last few days, the last few weeks. And um, I think you're going to see improvement over the next week or two in this area. And a big part of that area also is Mr. Bull in a China shop, big Jimmy Rojas. Um, obviously we don't necessarily have an exact timetable on when he's coming back, but Britain talk about Rojas and the impact that he has. Hopefully, you know, we'll be able to see him sooner rather than later um, circumstances beyond our control. However, just talk about his impact physically, like what he was able to do last year, you know, what he could bring to this team if at some point he was able to return. Um, and just his aggressiveness on the boards, his aggressiveness in play. And talk about Rojas, what he's like uh, and what he adds to the team. 
Yeah, man, I, I, I love Ro. He is awesome, and and on the floor, he is a dog. I mean, that that word's thrown around a lot, um, but he is not afraid to mix it up and to uh, make, do all the dirty work that we need to be done. So I'm excited to get him back soon. Um, he is just working his tail off right now in rehab, getting back. And, uh, man, just with all the work he's put in the last couple of years, I'm so excited to kind of uh, see it bear fruit this year. And, uh, you know, with the issues that we've had, I think that he could be a big part of solving that. I mean, he's a guy that is not afraid to go hit somebody on a checkout and go get a rebound and, and make some of those plays. And so, uh, you know, he's he's awesome. I'm really excited to get him back. Uh, yeah, just has worked his tail off the last few months. So, I, I mean, he's going to deserve every minute he gets on the court. Really, really excited for his return, and we will figure out a timetable on that. Uh, we'll probably hear from Coach Oates, you know, as, as that timetable approaches, whenever the time is there. Um, Britton, do you want to add anything about conference play before we get into kind of the, the more lighthearted part of the podcast here? But do you want to add anything about conference play Um You've talked kind of about these last two practices. You talked about the break a little bit, going from Davidson into SEC play. Uh, we've talked about kind of defending the SEC a little bit going into this year with kind of a new mindset at, with last year's experience in addition to this year's mindset. Uh, but anything else you haven't shared that you may want to share about entering uh, this brunt of a schedule? Yeah, I mean, conference play is a grind. And, uh, you know, Last year was by far and away the most fun of the three years of, of playing conference play has, has been. And, you know, I think it's because we won. And so when you're going through these games and, and you're losing most of them and, and you have games where you don't know if your team's going to go hard or not or they're going to give their max effort or not, it's just super frustrating. But, you know, thankfully, I think we've built a culture where we give it our all every single night. And uh, you're going to see our best effort every single night. And as long as we do that, man, it's fun. It's fun. You get to protect home court and then you get to go all over the SEC and, and really have a good shot at, at getting some roadkill. And, uh, you know, obviously we've done, we've accomplished nothing yet. So uh, it's all to be determined, but it, it's, oh, I'm really, really excited about this year. We have a lot of great teams in the SEC. I think the SEC is the strongest conference in all of college basketball. And so, uh, competing at the highest level. Nothing will prepare us better for the NCAA tournament than playing against these teams in this conference. So um, hopefully it'll be the grounds on which we prove ourselves to be one of the elite teams nationally. But, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that this process is going to refine us as a team and it's going to uh, really, I think, make us stronger and make us the best team we could possibly be. I'm excited for a lot of road trips. I know hopefully I can jump in the car with Jay or he can jump in the car with me. We can make it up to Lexington and uh, different places, uh, more so on the weekends than weeknights unless, unless it's an Auburn or Starkville uh, close game. But I'm certainly very excited for some road trips and some SEC hoops. Obviously, want to give a shout out. We miss our guy, Fluffopotamus. You know, we'll be thinking about him on all those road trips we take this year. Uh, but Britain. I want to ask you a couple of things too, because the fans are wondering. I mean, I'm wearing the Mean Streets merch right now, and we'll get to that before we close out on how you can buy your vest and your shirt and your hat, because um, we want everybody to rep the podcast. But the fans have been asking, okay? I mean, I've gotten millions and millions of mailbag questions. Were you on the naughty list? Were you on the nice list? And what did Santa bring you this year if he brought you anything? 
you know, thankfully through all of my hard work this year, I, uh, I did make the nice list. Um, very blessed, uh, 21 years running. So, um, I've worked really, really hard for that. Um, yeah, so, uh, we have some Mean Streets merch coming. That was not a Santa gift. That was a mom and dad gift. Uh, it, it didn't come in in time for Christmas, but I'm excited to get some of that in. Um, outside of that, got a, got a few golf clubs. Um, I'm not a good golfer by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I kind of fell in love with the game over the last summer. Uh, got a, got a student membership at one of the public courses here in Tuscaloosa, uh, played every day and, and got better. Now, like I said, again, I'm not good at all, but it, it's just really fun. So, uh, excited about, you know, getting to put those clubs to use and, I, I think we need to see you and Oates go head to head, play a scramble, play best ball or something on the golf course. I can happily uh, provide the Mean Streets merch. I can, you know, y'all bring your own clubs. He pays for the round because he's got all the money, but I can give exclusive content. If you can get Coach on board after the season, uh, we can do it 18 rounds with Coach Oates and BJ. I'm, I'm on board. I think everybody else would be too. Yeah, I mean, based on everything I've heard about uh, Coach Oates on the course, no disrespect. I think I, I, I think I could take him if I'm kind of back into my mode of, of playing okay. Uh, you know, now if I were to just play today, I I don't know if you would play much worse than I'd probably play right now. But, you know, if I got to a point where I was playing a lot, then I, I, I think I could definitely hang with him. So that'd be a lot of fun. All right, so, so anything you? I was going to say, am I leaving anything off? Did you get any stocking stuffers or anything crazy like that? Um, you know, nothing crazy this year, but that leaves the question. Did, did you get the stocking, stocking stuffer of coal or did you make the nice list? No, I, I made the nice list 23 years in running also. So I've got you, I've wow. got you there by two years. Um, but wow. a couple of years, as well. it's come close a couple of times. I'm not going to lie, but, uh, You're this not. year was a little bit different. Um, after after moving out and kind of becoming more independent, I learned that Santa is multifunctional and not only does he bring gifts, uh, this one was financial compensation and paying my insulation bill at my house um, that I was indebted to my parents for. So I want to thank Santa for covering that tab. Um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and thank you, Santa, for covering that. That was that was a big, uh, big help. So. I opened a wrapped picture of insulation in my house that my mom drew me. Uh, that was that was Santa's gift to me. So that was great. Hey, you got to believe to receive. So you got to believe. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it's yeah. uh, I, I can I can look up in the studio right now and I can tell you it is warmer. It is better soundproofed. I can't hear my roommates walking around upstairs and this it's paying for itself right now. I, I can guarantee you that much. Huge for the brand. And uh so Oh gosh! No free I cut that out. Shout out Santa Claus uh, for you know being for the brand. Yeah, and I want to shout out um, you know uh, Paul Paul Graham Claus as well over on Westbury Road. There, uh, he came in late with a two day late gift uh, just before starting to record this podcast. Paul, shout out Paul Graham, um, came in late with a late little stocking stuffer and offered me some tickets to the Birmingham Bowl tomorrow. So on Tuesday morning, I will be having breakfast with the barn at 11 a.m. in Protective Stadium. I'm really excited to check out Protective Stadium. I want to thank Paul for those tickets. Um, and so, yeah, that's that was kind of a late little surprise. Also, I'm treating myself and some of the money that I've made to go to a certain college football game on January 10th in a northern city that rhymes with Indianapolis. I'm certainly not jinxing us, um, but that is on the radar as well. 
Yeah, big, big games in the next few days. Um, did you see that our good friends at Auburn got the uh, the great honor of spending their Christmas Day at Vestavia Bowl? Hey, um, there is there is nothing like Christmas in the 205. I've done it for 23 years. Auburn had the chance to do it, and they were um, were treated with some some bowling. Sounds like a great bowl gift. I mean, ironic, right? Um, How about JV yeah. and Cohen, too, hitting the Crimson Crane on him at Hoover on his way back to Tuscaloosa? There's nothing like this rivalry, man. There's nothing like there it. There is. I mean, I mean, it, it doesn't even stop for holidays. Like, our starting offensive lineman was out there. He not only went – like, he was on his way back from Birmingham to Tuscaloosa, I guess, or whatever. But, like, he found it in his heart to go out of his way, get off the interstate – go down by the Galleria, go to the Met, go down to Hoover High School, and find a way to troll Auburn. There, That doesn't happen in other rivalries, right? No. no. I mean, not at all. I mean, it's just so. it's tremendous to see. Um, you know, I think a lot of it's based in the fact that, um, A, the history of the rivalry and, and the passion in it, but also, like, you know that he knows some guys on that team. I'm not just talking about, like, oh, he played against them. He probably was buddies with them in high school, and they went to Auburn. Yeah. He went to Alabama, and he's like, oh, well, I want to beat you every single year. And they think the same thing. And so uh, it's just – it's so much fun to, uh, you know, be a part of the Iron Bowl of basketball, uh, which is another just prestigious rivalry. So Yeah, no, that one's fun. coming up in about, I guess, two podcasts from now. We've got Alabama-Auburn January 11th. The first game is in Tuscaloosa. Uh, that'll be a Tuesday night, I believe, after that. Uh, for to- aforementioned uh, game on January 10th that I may or may not be at, depending on a certain outcome of a certain future game. That's neither here nor there. Um, but, yeah, that, that sounds like Santa came through for us this year, so I want to give a big shout-out to Santa Claus and then uh, Paul Graham as well. So thank you, Paul. Uh, Britton, your go-to Gilchrist order. We've got our mailbag question. This one comes from Roger Hoover. What is your go-to Gilchrist order? And as a as a Cherokee bender, and you are a Crestline guy, um, we can't say for certain that we were always at Gilchrist or we know the menu by heart, but we want to answer and respect fellow Mean Streets native Roger Hoover and answer his question on what our go-to Gilchrist order is. So I'll let you go first. Yeah, I mean, had we had we gone to uh, Mountain Brook Elementary, which is another respectable institution, um, we likely would know. Gilchrist all too well. Granted, you know, I have been there a few times. Uh, I would say, I don't know about from the food perspective, but I definitely know that every time I go there, I, I get some form of a limeade, whether it be a normal limeade or a cherry limeade. And um, so that's definitely my go-to order. And then, you know, I just find a sandwich, but uh, it is a great establishment uh, in Malmberg Village. So shout out to Gilchrist. Yeah, uh, no free shout outs, but I do want to say that it was kind of funny growing up. I would go there and get a PB&J or a hot dog and like a Sprite and a bag of chips. And my mom would be like, what? why are we paying all this money to go out to eat and get a PB&J? But what I get now, now that I'm grown up and have an adult palate, is a uh, pimento cheese and bacon. Hold the lettuce and tomato because, you know, I have a grown up palate. Um, pimento cheese and bacon, their milkshake's really good. You've got to get their limeade and their assortment of chips is second to none. So, Roger, there's your answer. I hope you're satisfied. If not, you can buy me a meal at Gilchrist next week, and we'll call it even. Sounds good. Uh, Britton, any hot takes this week as we enter the new year? This is the final podcast of the 2021 calendar year. Is there anything burning in your mind that you just need to get out there or any hot takes? 
Um, so I'm gonna go a little bit off track. I'm gonna go kind of venture into the NBA a little bit this week uh, with my hot take. Anyone who is around me and has heard me talk about NBA basketball at any length knows that I carry this take. Uh, no disrespect to this person as a human being, but as a basketball player, Russell Westbrook is a loser. And he will never be a part of a winning team. He will never be a part of a championship team. Um, because although he has moments where he plays hard, he is a losing basketball player. The, the Christmas Day game was the ultimate example of Russell Westbrook being who Russell Westbrook is. You know, a lot of people are pointing out his 4 of 20 performance on the field. I would say that's certainly not ideal. He missed a lot of layups. I wasn't even going to point at that. All I did the last five minutes of the game was watch each of the Lakers' defensive possessions and just watch Russell Westbrook on the court and either tried to make a dumb play way outside of his area or he completely lost track of his man and left him wide open for three. And it's just – it's it's kind of crazy to watch. And, you know, he tries to make up for it with some effort plays. He does some stuff really, really well. There's a reason he won an MVP. Uh, he, he puts together great stat performances. But, man, I – I'm not the biggest LeBron guy in the world. I'm, I'm much more of a Jordan guy myself. But just watching that game, I was like, I, I feel bad for LeBron right now because he is so good and his team is so bad right now. And and Russell Westbrook is the biggest reason as to why they are failing as a team. Um, and so, yeah, that's my take. Russell Westbrook is a losing basketball player. If you want, uh, If you're a GM of a team that has no prospects of winning and wants to drive in some more ticket sales, add Russell Westbrook. He is going to driver ticket sales up. He's going to make some crazy plays. Um, if you want to actually win, you don't want Russell Westbrook on your team. So uh, I'm sorry if that offends anybody, but that is my hot take of the week. I'm not offended at all. I'm not a Russell Westbrook fan, so you're not bothering me. I hardly watched NBA on Christmas Day in the first place. Now, I will say this. I don't really have an extremely hot take. This isn't even a hot take. I just kind of want to debate real fast. Right now, it's a 13-and-a-half-point line, Alabama minus 13-and-a-half versus Luke Fickle and the Cincinnati Bearcats. Or Would you take that, Britton? I mean, would you, you know, would you take Cincinnati plus 13-and-a-half? you take Alabama minus 13-and-a-half? Is it too far? Is it too much? Because I think this is either one of those games Alabama wins by seven or they win by 17-plus. Yeah, I'll start this by saying I personally do not – uh, gamble on sports. And I do not say that just because I am an, a college athlete who is not allowed to gamble on sports, but also because I know that I would get sucked in very easily. So while I pay attention to spreads a little bit, I, I, I don't end up betting on them ever. Um, that said, outside of taking a Bama money line, because I do believe the tide will come through and win this game, I am not touching the spread on this game. Because I, I have no clue. This is a game that Alabama could win by 30 points, and I wouldn't be surprised, and it could be a game where we have a little bit of a letdown. Cincinnati plays a fantastic game, maybe makes a couple of plays, and all of a sudden it's a one-possession game with five minutes left, and I wouldn't be that surprised. So I do think the tide will roll. As far as the spread, though, I, I really have no input. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I mean, I think I, I, I agree in that it goes one way or the other that, you know, it, it's almost indicative of what the national championship is going to be, because if Alabama comes out and absolutely just steamroll Cincinnati, I think they would have no problem stepping on Georgia again. I think they would have no problem just stomping like curb stomping Michigan. I don't even think Michigan really belongs that much. Um, you know, they had that that win beat 
you know, whatever. They lost to their in-state rival. They beat Ohio State, whatever. Like, that doesn't even matter. Like, they probably honestly don't really belong. Head and shoulders, Alabama's above college football this year. And this is a very much, this is very much a down year for Alabama. And so all that to say, I think that's indicative. They're, Alabama's play against Cincinnati is indicative of how the national championship would and probably could go. Um, now, I will say, I think Alabama probably will win by three touchdowns. And so I, on that note, it alters the course of the future of, okay, you get a non-Power 5 undefeated team. Well, look at what Cincinnati did against Alabama. Did they lose by three touchdowns? If so, probably don't let them back in the playoff again until it's expanded. So I think just all those factors considering are an interesting thing to kind of weigh and look at. Uh, I'm not a betting man myself either, but I would probably take Alabama minus 13 and a half. I would probably take Alabama minus 16 and a half. Um, just personal opinion, but that's that. Hey, we've got our, that, those are our hot takes in. We've got full moon barbecue gift certificates. We've given out over half of them. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mean Streets Pod. Um, we'll have plenty more giveaways throughout the SEC season, throughout postseason. So want to thank our friends at Full Moon. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Mean Streets Pod to figure out how you can win a $10 gift card courtesy of our friends at Full Moon Barbecue. Also, I'm rocking the vest right here. I know you can't see it because this is a podcast, but I've got the great vest on. Britton mentioned he's got merchandise for Christmas coming. I've got the shirt, the hat, the t-shirts are on the way. Uh, the pullover is fantastic. Go to bandwagonsports.com, click on Team Shop, and then click on Mean Streets to buy your Mean Streets apparel today. That's bandwagonsports.com. We've got a T-shirt, we've got a hat, we've got a golf shirt, a pullover, and then this awesome vest that I'm rocking right here. We want to see you in Coleman Coliseum and throughout the SEC uh, arenas and venues with your Mean Streets merch. We will get you plugged in. That's bandwagonsports.com, Team Shop, Mean Streets. Also, we're going to pick up Twitter spaces as SEC play continues or begins and then continues into January and February these next two months. We did some of those Twitter spaces over the course of non-conference play, and we'll pick those back up shortly. That's going to do it for the Week 8 episode of the Main Streets Podcast presented by Full Moon Barbecue. I'm William Galloway. Britton, you've got the last word. Take us into the new year and take us into conference play. Yeah, as we kind of bridge the gap between Christmas and New Year's, I just hope everyone is enjoying their time with their family uh, and having a safe and, and fun holiday season. And And I'd love to see all of you come out to Coleman Coliseum uh, on the 29th to support us. So, roll tide. <laughs>